Hey guys, it's Luke, the Strip Club DJ. Welcome to another episode of One Two Review, episode 18. This is a little podcast where me and my friends, Alex and Brandon, say hello, boys. Hello, I'm Alex. That's Alex. Yeah, hey, I'm Brandon. That's Brandon. We rate and review movies on this podcast in a very simple way. One, if we didn't like it. Two, if we did like it. We rate movies until we get to 20 points, and then we call it a day. All right, kick the intro. And here we go. Uh, All right. Hey, let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, you're here to hear about some new hot movies. We saw them. We've got reviews for you to hear. Let's get right to it. First film that we saw this week was a film called Tough Spot. It is about a group of Japanese tourists that get trapped in the bayou, the Louisiana swamps, and uh, they got a saying out there, a Japanese tourist wouldn't last a night in these swamps. Well, do they last a night in these swamps? Do they not? We'll find out at the end of the review. I'm sure we'll accidentally spoil it. Gentlemen, did you have any first impulses, thoughts about the film Tough Spot? I have a lot of thoughts more on a, a social disparity between the Japanese and Americans. And if I have any Japanese or uh, non-tipping culture listeners out there, if you can come to America, make sure you tip. That's just a that's just a pro note. That's just a pro tip from me. Well, I guess we should say, I don't think, did I say that the reason why they get trapped out in the bayou is they do not tip their bus driver. They're on a guided tour. They don't tip him. He leaves them out Yeah, that's there. right. Yeah, but is it their fault? They don't know better. It's not. It's a cultural education thing. It's That's the problem. Sure, but also the movie speaks to the bigger problem, which is the swamp owners giving the tour. They don't realize that they need to put a sign up or they need to explain to the tourists that you know they need to tip. It's different. Yeah, they just assume people know. Yeah, so it exposes two problems. Yeah, definitely. Um, but this movie... I, th- I don't know. I think this movie took the sort of uh, deliverance archetype, getting lost in the woods archetype, and made it a lot of fun for, uh, <clears throat> I think, for for the world. I think this sort of merges cultures because I learned a lot about the Japanese that I didn't really know. Uh, and, and I think the Japanese learned a lot about American culture when they get locked up in those troublesome swamps. Yeah, I- I don't know. I don't know if I, th- I think there. You said you learned a lot, and maybe maybe there is some truth in there. It felt like a lot of stereotypes, and I don't know what's true anymore. With, with both the American culture, I know there was a lot of stereotyping happening. You know, like the rednecks in it with their Budweisers and their shotguns, like, and just the costuming and everything, the the accents, like. The American stuff was very stereotypical, and I would argue that I'm pretty sure the Japanese stuff was too. I, I felt that this film was a little insensitive, possibly. Yeah, absolutely, as you said, but it portrays both sides equally offensively. Yeah, and they're all in suits, black suits and black ties, and have briefcases. I don't know why Japanese tourists would be wearing suits to go on this, this swamp tour. I thought it was very funny, though. Very funny, and they're also very polite. So, if anything, I learned a little lesson in courtesy. Yeah, that was hilarious when they were bowing to the swamp vultures. Yeah, the alligators and the vultures are bowing to them. Oh, God, yeah, this thing was really, really, I mean, racist, I guess. Yeah, right? It's just simply straight up, I guess, racist. I was going to say stereotyping and all that. Rude, maybe rude. Mm. Yeah, but on the other end, we are making... 
people that live in the swamp look like total uh, idiots, total rednecks, you know, riding around, riding their cow through the swamp. Um, yeah, I just don't think this whipping, helps anyone. Whipping, you know, catfish with a whip. That's how they, apparently that's the stereotype is that you just go around whipping catfish from the swamp. I've never even seen or heard of that. Whipfish? So. No, I watched the documentary on whipfishing. I'll send you a link. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's they do the whipping and noodling fest. You know what noodling is, right? They just climb down in the swamp and just reach. And it's essentially just sticking your hand inside the mouth. Yeah, you of make a you big make your fish. thumb the worm. Yeah, you make your thumb the worm, basically. And you just back on track. Hmm. Yeah, let's review this thing. I uh, if you guys are ready, I am. I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, very obviously, I'm, I'm going to give this thing a one. Oh, sorry, Luke, I didn't. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, yeah, I'm going to give this thing a one. It's, uh, it was uh, culturally insensitive. One for tough spot. Uh, is stereotypical and and sort of behind the times this movie is. It was still a lot of fun, and it was shot very beautifully. I know it's hard to get the lighting right in those swamps, and God knows it's hard to be part of that production, too, they actually went down to the swamps in New Orleans to film this. Um, and I, I think they were down there for four or five months. So that's a that's a long haul to get a movie done down in that in those conditions. So uh, all that all that taken into consideration, I give it a two. Two points. Wow. I'm in no tough spot here to give my review with uh, one point. I mean, it is so far behind in the times. I was cringing at almost every single shot. The amount of grotesque ignorance and um blatant stupidity kind of baffles me one point yeah they definitely didn't have to give the tourists big rabbit teeth i thought that was over the line hey speaking of teeth that's a great way to introduce our new scorekeeping uh thing today what do we call it our scorekeeper i guess how do we keep track of our scores guys want to talk about it that's right if you're listening to this uh, day one or the day this drops, Halloween is tomorrow. It's right around the corner. So what we like to do here in preparation of the big holiday is we like to clean our foundation. We like to do a little cleansing. We clean our palate and we brush our teeth. Um, we're going to be doing one tooth at a time, one per point. Make sure those teeth are sparkling, ready for tomorrow's big candy intake. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got four teeth to clean, boys. Four points. Uh, let's get to it. I feel sort of fresh. Mm. I feel yeah, good. Four teeth ready. No two two teeth feel really clean. And I should have chose four that are like right next to each other. It feels weird that they're spaced out. We'll get most of them clean. I think we've got about thirty teeth, so we'll get a good chunk of them cleaned. All right. Hey, normally we would kick it to a sponsor right now, and we are going to, but we have a little bit of a, a different sponsor set up today, I suppose. We have a new sponsorship. It's uh, called Accurad. It's a company that will be using uh, programmed, personalized ads for our listeners. These are called, what are they called, These Brandon? are called programmatic Pro- ads. Yeah, so basically, um, anytime you download a podcast uh, from our network, you automatically down the new... Uh, Acura, Acura, Acura ad, Acura ad. Yeah, Acura, Acura ad. ad. 
uh, app that runs silently behind the scenes constantly. It's been tracking your browser history. It's been kind of following your social media presence. And what's going to happen is the following ads that you hear are going to be specifically tailored for you based on your browser history, based on your social media, based on the comments that you leave. So um, this is something new. This is something excited. Basically, you're going to hear like a, a little tone and then you're going to hear a special customized ad directly for you. Brought to you by One Two Review and Accurad. Finally, a subscription box just for you. Ubox will send you five items every month that you are guaranteed to enjoy. How is this, you ask? Simple. You pick out every item. Simply send Ubox your Amazon wishlist, and through an advanced algorithm and highly trained personal shoppers, will send you five items off your list every month. Use promo code one two for box color options. Prices vary depending on your wishlist and void where prohibited. Ubox. Okay, this week we love documentaries, so this week we did another documentary covering the very first and sort of the history of prank calls throughout time. Um, this movie is called Prank Call, and like I said, it's a it's a great documentary covering something that probably people don't really know a lot about. Uh, you know, whenever a new technology emerges, it seems like human beings can't help but to use it to hurt each other's feelings and um, get involved with pornography or sex. So this this covers, I think, the hurting each other's feelings part of that. Uh, Brandon, first impressions. This movie kind of blew my mind. I mean, I had no idea that prank calls were around basically since the beginning of lined communication like that where we were talking, you know, through the telephone lines. We were also trying to make people angry on the other side of the telephone line. Um, there were a lot of new ideas that I'd never heard of. I was laughing hysterically. And at the very ending, we get to hear the first recorded prank call ever um, or what's left of it. It was kind of... Uh, you know, artifacts of the recording, but that was pretty impressive. Alex, what are your th first thoughts? I loved it. I liked that first. So yeah, the first prank was, is pretty funny. It's, is Mr. Michaels there? And it's, you call up and you say, is Mr. Michaels there? And they go, no, who is Mr. Michaels? And then you say, supposed to be Mr. Michaels there. And I mean, it's pretty good. The simplicity of is Mr. Yeah, Michaels part there. in the misunderstanding. Yeah, to just... Uh, yeah, I very much enjoyed it. And in fact, I did a Is Mr. Michaels There prank yesterday and uh, still pretty funny. It's it's a very under like tone one or it's it's not very they don't get it by the end of the joke. But you have you've well, pranked someone. Yeah, I mean, well, back in the one. day, phones were very rare and communal. I think there were two. So if you ask for Mr. Michaels, there might be a Mr. Michaels that is expecting a call on that line. So um, mm -hmm. you would get the joke is that you would get someone to get up their off their chair, go look around for Mr. Michaels. Um, but then quickly mm -hmm. it just, it just escalated into name calling and uh, saying things about your mom, which I think that is, I mean, the Mr. Michaels that's original, but the um, your mom is ugly is the classic, the very, very classic prank call that we've seen. I mean, the the 30s the 40s the 50s all the way through that all the way through now you still get prank calls and it's something about your mom 
yeah, the mother is a sensitive issue in any culture. She is a yeah. target. Which for me, that's eye opening. I didn't really, I never really thought about that. I always, when I made prank calls, is is your refrigerator running? Oh, you better go get it. Like the more, the you get people on the hook, and then you switch it on. You pull the rug out from underneath them. I really like the. Yeah, um, I think that's a. Prank. I really like the surprise FBI investigation one where they call the lady up and they tell her, "Listen." The FBI is on the way to your house. They're going to be there in 10 minutes. Whatever you do, do not let them search behind the cupboard. Um, I thought that was funny. That was original. Yeah, they got her really yeah. rattled. And when they found that lady and interviewed her, apparently she crapped her pants when she got that call. So that was a powerful prank call in prank calling histories. And they also explored sort of the darker side of prank calls um, where they actually had people... Mm, leaving their family, um, you know, getting to admit to things that they did. Um, right, or the lost and found scam where you'd call a hotel, you'd ask, you know, hey, can I speak to a lost and found? I lost this. Almost about, you know, seven out of ten times, there would be that item, and you could just go pick it up. Yeah, have you tried this, Alex? No, I was, I, I haven't, tr I mean, I've tried all kinds of pranks. Uh, we used to prank from the payphone down by my high school all the time. I haven't done any of those ones specifically. I was more, I was intrigued by some of the more elaborate ones. I like the 24 hour call was a crazy one. The two week prank was a neat one. Like some of those more extended long cons were kind of more my thing where, you know, you, you're telling someone about like a will that they've got money to and they have to go to a different state or a different city, stuff like that. There's a lot of horribly manipulative things that from the outside are kind of funny but if you take a second you think about the victims here it's a pretty brutal documentary on a sad note it talks about the jerky boys and the popularity of prank calls in the 90s and how now sadly they're kind of washed up you know no one makes prank calls anymore and unfortunately these guys career has kind of hit the dumps but um well, and again, I think there's something to even the, the bringing back uh, is Mr. Michaels there. That, that prank phone calls, you know, in a way got too big, too obvious. Something like, is your refrigerator running? is it, such an easy-to-see scam that I think we need to pull back to more of a, is Mr. Michaels there, these slower, more subtle kind of cons. And I think there will be a renaissance of, of some new prank phone calls that find ways to circumnavigate caller ID and stuff like yeah. that. Well, you guys, as you know, I work at a gentleman's club and I have to run the phones from time to time. I'll get a lot of prank calls. I mean, that's a, a major target. And in a lot of in a lot of ways, it's very nostalgic to get a call. Um, and the call a lot of times, hey, is there's I've get it. I've gotten a million times. Hey, my I'm, there's an emergency at the house. Is my mom working? And I go and I go, hold mm. on. Oh, yeah, there is a really ugly there's we do have one really ugly dancer <laughs> that's pretty nice. good nice, nice work um you ugly them back yeah ugly what's the number of the club you work at let's just put that in the podcast so we can ensure you sure yeah get inundated with humorous calls throughout your day sure it's um area code 514 uh country stamp plus three five four one eight six seven six seven Great. And the name of the club is your mom's house. Yep. The Purple Hippo. You guys ready to review prank call? Ready as I'll ever be. I'm going to take that as a yes. 
I'm going to take that as a yes. Uh, I'm going to give prank call a two. Uh, as, as a person that is a fan of prank phone calls that made them as a child, it is uh, very interesting to see the evolution of them. And now definitely the death of them, which again, I don't believe is a full death, but more of a phoenix resurgence that will happen soon. So uh, two points for prank call. Yeah, a really well-made documentary. Um, nice, quick, to the point, covering history, not adding a bunch of extra opinion that didn't really belong in there. I give it two points. Mm, two points for me as well. Kind of blew my mind. I had no idea the history of this. And, you know, kind of when we were doing prank calls at the time, you think, oh, I'm the first person to do this. This is really funny. But now, really, I was just a blink in the eye of history of prank calls. Two points. All right, that's six, six points. points. Let's uh, clean up six teeth, boys. Here we go. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to brush. Hard to be specific. All right. Got those six done. That's ten teeth cleaned. Nice. Let's kick a sponsor and get back to another movie. Yeah, this will be another customized sponsor built directly and specifically just for you based on your browsing history. Um, it's kind of fascinating. Basically, all the data management platform, they clear the impressions in an attempt to gain liquidity of the offer that they're sending to you. That's all happening behind the scenes. You're going to hear the tone now. Love the smell of grass and the morning dew? Share those moments with someone who gets you. Greenskeepersonly.com is what it sounds like, a dating site connecting you with other greenskeepers that share common ground. Create your GK.com profile with promo code TARGETED and receive four extra pick slots today. Well, whatever ad you received, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Um, let's keep You going. should enjoy it. It was specifically tailored and targeted to you, you. as the listener. All right, let's review another film. Guys, the next one we saw, I know I saw it. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. It's called Pigeon. This is a listener-recommended film. A listener named Katie Hickman submitted this one. Pigeon is the story of a man who falls in love with a pigeon. It's pretty straightforward. He meets a pigeon. He falls in love with it. He tries to have a relationship with it. Uh, I don't want to spoil the ending. Did you guys have any thoughts about Pigeon? This is very controversial for me. Not um, just for you. This was controversial for the nation. Really polarizing film here. Yeah. Taboo subjects that I don't know if we were ready to deal with. I personally don't know if I was ready to deal with them. Yeah, this just came out this year, and it was directed by Wade Atkins. He's a newer film director. Um, let's just say, let's just start artistically. This film was cut together very strange uh, very erratic and I think maybe the editing was done that way to sort of create that inner turbulence um, I, it's been a while since we've seen the star swipes the the slash cuts the strange blending that they do with um, a lot of editing I don't I forget but maybe it was called patchwork a movie we saw a while back that really did a lot of this strange editing um, but for me, artistically, that really, really made this uh, movie, made the subject matter a lot more intense. Um, but that, 
<clears throat> that being said, that being said, um, it's still watchable. Yeah, it's definitely not a it's not a comedy. It, it's not really a romantic film. I'd say it's if anything, it's a it's almost like a psychological thriller, right? Uh, this guy wrestling with his love for this bird, and you know, not only the lack of reciprocation from this bird, but uh, almost apathy because you know it's a bird. It doesn't really even acknowledge him very often. You know. Yeah. I know that some pigeons can be trained and be very intelligent. This did not seem, it just seemed like the bird was kind of hanging around for seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he didn't seem to feel that way. And spoiler alert, um, the cops didn't seem to feel that way when um, when he finally marries this pigeon and goes to jail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it all ends with the first actually court-approved animal restraining order. And they have a restraining order mm-hmm. that prevents that gentleman from being anywhere near that pigeon, or any pigeon for that matter. So, Yeah, this was inspired by a thing that happened to a guy on a horse in the 40s, I think. There was like a, a what is it called, a precedent or whatever. This was the, this case in the 40s set it up. It was the People versus Albert Shaw, I think. But yeah. Definitely a touching scene, and the the final culmination of all this controversy at the end He's getting hauled off to jail down the sidewalk and outside of the courthouse, and they release the pigeon into the air. The pigeon flies about 50 feet, lands in a tree, and they both lock eyes as he walks away. Yeah. And you do see in that moment that maybe that pigeon that had all that apathy throughout the, the, the film, or you thought was apathy, I, I at least interpreted that that pigeon was kind of... It knew that it was kind of trapped in this relationship and there was nothing it could do about it and it was just kind of biding its time until it could get its freedom you know which i think is a relatable thing for some I, people i interpreted you know? it totally different i saw that this pigeon might actually have fallen in love at the end oh interesting you thought that's what that look was i, could I mean that. pigeons do have kind of dead eyes so it's sort of hard to interpret pigeon looks it's definitely up to the yeah. viewer yeah the pigeon also signed that restraining order that was i mean i i know that you was, know, yeah. maybe under duress, but he did sign it. It was really cute, though. How they had the special that little wing attachment for the pen, and uh, the pigeon goes cool, like it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So an interesting film. I think it definitely brings up a lot of social issues, a lot of things that you know. I think there's been. There's been uh, this kind of issue in the past, I guess. I I don't know. I've never fallen in love with an animal in the way that this guy has. I don't know anyone else that has, but I'm sure it must happen. It it makes it would make sense for a more like a like a macaw or an eagle or a really majestic, beautiful bird. So, um, in a lot of ways, maybe this guy has is more of a pure, loving being than most superficial people you know that just go after a hot bod and nice hair you know maybe he could see the true essence of this sort of just ugly street bird i don't know yeah pretty yeah with a big appetite that pigeon does yeah, like to a eat. pigeon loved seed and bread and crackers and he was he was a great oh. provider there's no question about that Definitely, but is that enough? See, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready to review this thing? Yep. Alrighty, Brandon, do you want to start us out? Sure. I mean, for me, it kind of caught me off guard, so I wasn't ready for this 
crazy editing, this crazy story. It really is just a lot of hype for the final scene, um, but it's effective. Um, listen, do some research. Go do your history search about uh, that Shaw case and the horse from the 40s. I think it'll give you some insight into what the storyteller is trying to tell you. Um, but for me, I'm going to give this two points. Yeah, I was conflicted, and ultimately at the end, it was just hard to watch. Uh, I th- I think I said it was watchable, but yeah, it's still still hard to watch. Just the editing took me out of it. And then the controversy and sort of not answering the questions that I needed to be answered about marrying animals, they just weren't answered, so I give it a one. Uh, yeah, I like this film. And again, uh, thanks to Katie for recommending this one. I, I, like I said, I think there's it, it brings up quite a few issues that we might be getting into in the future with AI, for example, and you know people falling in love with robots and just uh, where these non-human relationships, where that line exists. So uh, two points for me for Pigeon. All right. And that gives us five points. Oh, just to reiterate, that was five points for a movie that one of our listeners suggested. Just a reminder to everybody listening right now, Leave us a review in iTunes. Give us five stars. Tell us a movie you want to hear us review. We'll gladly review it for you. Give us our humble opinion. With that being said, let's start brushing our teeth, gentlemen. Five teeth. I just made a spitting sound. I didn't actually spit. Sure. Theater of the, the mind. Says. It sounds like your cat's going off back there. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to pet him to calm him down, but every time I walk away, it just wants more. Just like a pigeon. All right, let's kick it. Ooh, sorry. Let's reiterate the programmatical ads. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely excited about trying this because more than anything, using these programmable ads, it just takes a a whole bunch of work out of our workload just makes things easier on us I, I would argue that the thing about them that sounds scary is that you know it's going through your search history it's creating these ads customized for you but the benefit of that is that you don't have to see ads I for example am frustrated when I see car commercial ads I can't afford a car right now I can't afford a new car so seeing car commercial ads frustrates me same thing with feminine hygiene yeah. products those are not for Definitely. me and so to watch an ad for that is, is seemingly a waste of everyone's time so I would argue that programmable ads is nice in that sense that it's a little more streamlined it is scary that Big Brother is watching but at least he's using it to your benefit slightly well I'm not sure what you exactly you have to hide Alex and but and then mo- more importantly, it makes our podcast better, which Lord knows we need that. Every little bit helps. Let's uh, yeah. let's cue that tone, and you're going to hear a ad tailored just for you. Jacksonville, Florida is proud to announce the return of the 15th annual Whipping and Noodling Festival. Come on down for fried crowd ads, whipping demos, and of course, our celebrity fish booths, where you can get a picture with Chump, the largest soft-mouthed bass ever caught. Or you can practice your craft in our noodler pond. Mitch McKenzie, a.k.a. Bubba Wall, will be making his final appearance in his one-man show, Criddle Me. Two- and three-day passes now available at whipnood.jackfloor. Thank you so much for our listeners. Thank you so much, Alex and Luke, for participating in this new um, ad curate 
app and advertisement system. Hopefully it's going to streamline our process and actually get you ads tailored to you that you want to hear. So listening to this podcast is actually relevant for you and beneficial. With that being said, we have another movie and our final movie this week. All right. The final film that we saw this week was a film called Dust. This is about a post-apocalyptic future where everything is kind of a nuclear desert wasteland. A handful of survivors must fight to live and remain survivors against uh, everyone else who has turned into, uh, I'd call them vampires, I guess. Some might call them zombies. I'd say they're more of a vampire kind of thing. They're a little more conscious. This film reminded me a lot of, uh, what was that Will Smith movie? Uh legend i am legend yeah and I, I saw the original version of that too with vincent price it's a lot like that but this is about a group of survivors uh i don't know pretty pretty cut and dry pretty straightforward film cut to a modern film directed by elicio smith yeah cut and dry definitely oh, good one. dry yeah i found myself getting up for cups of water throughout this entire movie i barely caught any of it i was so thirsty it was just it is the dustiest yeah. thing i've ever watched in my life just watching, yeah. watching that guy lick his lips and they're all cracked and falling Oof. off. And it's just like, oh god, I just want to drink some water. So yeah, uh, there are lots of the actors have blogged about making this film and how it was the worst experience that they have ever uh, ever done. You know, the worst filming experience. And it really shows in their face and in you their. You can performance. tell everyone hated being in this movie. Yeah, they look they look haggard. Yeah sweating their eyes are dilated oh, they almost appear to be like concussed like i i swear i, it I swear to god like i heard several of the actors break character in multiple scenes just saying stuff i'm fucking thirsty man yeah yeah or just be like fuck it is hot you know yeah those were real those were real well yeah alicia likes a lot of ad-libbing in his films and and particularly this one they were shooting in arizona and he would shoot for just the three hottest hours of the day so he would have these people waiting around waiting around waiting around and then he would throw them in during the hottest point of the day shoot for three hours and then get them out of there so and so not only because of that but because he was shooting such short chunks of time the shooting for this actual film ended up being two summers long they shot for two summers uh that was not the original plan either so a lot of these actors happy for the work but had to come back for a, a second kind of round a second tour of duty in this awful dry film all the vampires are cgi as well so they're out there in the desert you know interacting nothing. with yeah. nothing in the heat I can only imagine it's a nightmare to work on. Yeah, Two it was. Summers. It was, but fortunately, I mean, I know that they didn't make a lot of money off this movie, but the placement ads for Fiji, for vitamin water, for um, different drinks, the placements. Right, the Fiji oasis that they stumble yeah, across. Yeah, old Fiji factory. Yeah, they made a lot of money off of those sponsorships. Sure, sure. Uh, I feel like this film came out smart water, a little late, too, because this just came out, what, two weeks ago? And I feel like it probably should have come out in the peak of summer. I think that was a huge kind of marketing misstep there. But I don't know. Either way, I, I'm ready to review this thing. Are you guys? I want to get out of here, finish brushing these teeth. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I've got to go finish my costume. Let's brush I didn't up. really catch a whole lot of it. I give it uh, one point. Cool. Uh, I'm going to give this one a two uh, for a very perverted, sick reason. I think everyone should watch this film just to look at these actors. 
because uh, like you said, Luke, there's times when verbally I think they break character, but there's pretty constantly, if you look in their eyes, you can tell that they are checked out and they are kind of focused on the, their condition in the moment. So uh, I give it a two just for the, the, the character study of uh, watching actors sweat it, literally. Yeah. Yeah, for me, two points as well. I'm a fan of Elysio's work. Um, I like how they're uncomfortable. I like how they're real. Those moments where they break character, that's what filmmaking is all about, capturing something real and uh, presenting that moment in time to an audience that uh, may or may not be incredibly yeah. thirsty. Two points. All right. Great. That's five points. Uh, let's finish brushing these teeth. Five. Five. Make sure you only do five. Mm. Ooh, ready for that candy can. Cool. Did you guys mark down which ones you cleaned and which ones you didn't? So later you don't yeah, double yeah. brush because then it gets uneven. Some get cleaner than I'm just gonna, just gonna double. I'm just gonna ignore brushing my teeth for the next two days and then it'll create a nice even coating of candy crap. <laughs> then I'll just brush it again. Create a new foundation. I like that. Okay. Um, wow, another great episode, guys. Thank you. Really great episode. Thank you. I had you. a lot of fun brushing my teeth with you guys. Do we want to tell our listeners about what's going on uh, next week? I can hardly wait. So, yeah, let's, okay. let's tell them. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Alex, for another great episode of One Two Review. Folks, join us next week for some awesome movies that we're going to rate and review. We've got Sherman, Stumble Sam, 459-2892, Crank Doe Villagence, Canine's Founder, The Cockroach Kid, and Scumbag, The Lucky Dick. Uh, if you liked our podcast, please review us on iTunes with a five. Get on our Patreon, donate. We've got more stuff coming your way as far as uh, big surprises on the show that we need some funding for. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 I'm already at leaving. I'm out the door. Let's ask for reviews and uh, subscriptions and uh, movies.